Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. And of course, we are the church, the pillar and the ground of truth. And that's actually what we've been talking about. You know, reclaiming our position in Christ. And so I'm excited um, about some of the material that we're going over. And I trust that you are getting a notebook and staying in tune with the direction that we're going in because I just believe God to really establish a new a new norm for his people. And that's what we're what we're really doing. We're establishing a new norm. And so in dealing with it, last week I began a study that I think is uh wow. Um I think it's is key and um wow, okay. Um I think it's key. Um, okay. Okay. Praise God. And um we started a, a teaching that is really for the church. It's not for people who are in the world, but it's for people in the church. And I'm waiting for my confirmation um that I can be heard clearly. And um We'll get started. But it's 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 a really good teaching and it's entitled um and this is why I want you to get your I call it C three, but it's a very good teaching. It's called correcting. Conf- Let me make sure I give it to you right, hold on. But I want to make sure I give it to you in the correct tense, okay? So, because um, I call it C3 because it's it's very um, a catchy statement, but it's called correcting, communicating, and confronting ministry conflict. And so, um, the Lord reminded me of some things, and I want to make certain that we are are truly advancing in the things of God. Amen. So I'm. The coastal confirmation, I believe, hopefully. Okay, thank you. Praise God. And so we're going to get get our notes together, and we're going to go into the Word of God. I think I want to do with Ephesians. I keep hearing the Lord tell me to do Ephesians, and you know, I try to do um, commentaries on books of the Bible. I believe last week we were uh, uh, delving back into Colossians, if I'm not mistaken. So. Um, I want to make certain that 
we uh, get all that we can out of the lesson. But today, I've subtitled this division of teaching, Correcting Me First. All right, and uh, when we when we comprehend God's plan, we need to know that we need to be corrected first. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. Knowing that this is the day that you have made, we rejoice and are glad. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It means depend on the Holy Spirit, who is the educator and guide that gives me clear articulation of speech and thought that that um that I might make boldly known the goodness of the gospel of Christ. And so, Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit giving me utterance today. And I thank you that um, that we will comprehend the things of God and be able to do walk as the people of God confidently because we have your plan and we have your purpose in our hearts. And so this day we give you this lesson. We give you these things uh, that we study and, uh, and we have accomplished in the Spirit. And we thank you for your assistance in the matter in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Comprehending God's plan when it comes to addressing conflicts is one of the themes for being triumphant in life, that that God will transform us, he will transfigure us, and he will transition us into a reality where, where he has complete access to us. Colossians says, if you be risen with Christ, set your mind on things above and not things on earth, because your life is his with Christ and God. And it does not appear what we shall be, but when we will appear, we will be just like him. And the world does not want us to accept the truth that we are like God, that we were created in his image and his likeness, that we are the sons of God, because we are led exclusively by the Spirit of God, that we are the pillar and the ground of the truth, because it's the truth that we know because we continue to the word of God that makes us free. And when those resolves have become absolute in our soul, we cannot be shaken when the world tries to impede its its suggestions to override God's standards in our life. We have stability in our soul. We have soundness in our soul. We have sanctification in our heart. We have we have situational peace that surpasses all understanding because we guard our heart. We have the mind of Christ. We have the methods of Christ. We have the motives of Christ. We have the mandates of Christ, and that's what makes us the church. See, when you have his mind, when you have his motives, when you have his methods, <laughs> and you have down to his mandate, go and teach you all the world. That's the commission of the Lord Jesus. And make disciples, make people disciplined. Uh, the Bible says that people will not endure in the last days sound doctrine. Why? Because they have itching ears, keeping on themselves to be teachers. They want to be something without going through something, and therefore they're not anything. Hallelujah. But God has empowered us to be the church, and we cannot back down on the authority that comes as, as the catalyst of change, as, as the seat of authority, as the culture of faith overrides the culture of sin and death. And see, all that is in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of, of the flesh, and the pride of life. Do you all hear what I'm saying? They just want to keep you secular secular and try to make secular sacred. And because 
we have not learned and taken time to understand the revelation of who we are as the church. He robs us of, of the, the enemy in the world, robs us of the quality of life which God died or which God provided for us to live, which Christ purchased and died with his own blood, that through his blood we would have the redemption and forgiveness of sin and be able to look at one another and love one another unconditionally and see that the plan of God is fulfilled in our own lives so that when we see others, they will say, what must I do? The envy that is, that is not taking place is not a result of God not doing his part. But we're not doing our part. And so we have to come to this resolve, which awakens this new division. And it's a simple one. Correct me first before I confront, because we're in the confronting phase of this of, of this teaching. We want to learn what it means to healthily confront. Now, you're talking to someone that has no problem with confrontation. In other words, I don't mind the, the um, offense if it gets to changing the situation. I'm a fighter by nature. I don't know. I, I think I was born with a with an extra zeal of fight, with a with an extra kicking for an extra licking, and I don't mind getting ugly for the Lord. I mean, you know, I feel like sometimes Peter cut off your ear and be so close to Jesus that he put it back on and pray for you later. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, but the Lord has has enlightened me on on the power of confronting. Because you don't want to confront and and just and, and just just be barking at people and, and and then expect people to listen to you about Jesus and your attitude is so nasty that nobody can receive you because it's the things that have come out your mouth, you know. And so one of the things that we're doing when we talk about correct me first is saying before I deal with any offense that I'm going through, before I deal with with anything that's taking place that I think is wrong in the church, I make certain that, first of all, I comprehend the plan of God. And, and that's, that's the lesson in a nutshell. First of all, I can't, I can't exemplify something I don't understand, that I haven't been enlightened on. And all that getting the scripture says, get an understanding. And so, and, and, and then Jesus said it, that you might understand what the will of the Lord is. So in this, in this walk with God, we have to make certain that we understand God's plan and that we comprehend God's plan. Many people fail in life because they just don't understand. They don't know what really God's plan is, and they're trying to, they're trying to establish something that God never set up for them to achieve. And, and because they have a scripture, and because they they think they know a little bit of word, they they do things. And and the question becomes: Did God tell you to do it? Did God tell you to link up? Hello. Did God tell you to do it? Because if God didn't instruct you, if God didn't guide, He won't provide for it. And just because it's a good thing, don't make it a God thing for your life. So comprehending the plan of God is absolutely essential to you exemplifying godly standards in your life. And, and, and this is why many people fail at thinking with the authority that takes place in the church. They don't comprehend God's plan. And they don't know that what they're doing is the will of God. And so when the pressures of life try to challenge you to, say, to suggest a second guess 
what God has directed you to do, you have nothing to stand on because you're not spiritually governed. And it starts with saying, Lord, correct me first. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Search me, O God. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. We have too many people putting up fronts instead of framing their world with the authority of God's word. And God's word is not the letter of the scripture, but it's the spirit-directed instructions that he has highlighted in your soul for you to know and to do what he has purposed and called you to do. And if you're out of alignment and if you're, and he does not have access to you and you are not associated intimately with the Holy Spirit, you're going to find it difficult to exemplify and to stand and be what God has called you to be in the day of contradiction where all the rules are broken and you don't have nothing but your integrity to keep you. Where all the circumstances work against the plan of God for your life, you got to have some stability in your soul to not be moved by what you see, but to, but to operate on what you believe and what you know to be the truth. Irregardless of the storms that come in life, you're either going in a storm, coming out of a storm, or prepping for a storm, but no matter what, the Bible says in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Why? Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. Man, what, what is he letting you know? It's Christ in you. He's the hope of glory. He's the equipper of the saints. He is the enlightener of the truth. He is the esteem of our character. He is our enforcement of righteousness. See, see, when Christ is, when Christ is just Jesus' last name, you're limited. But Jesus died for the church so that Christ could be in you. So that, that as he is, so could you be in the world. In the world. Being distinctively different in the world is the first line of defense of developing of developing a real relationship called faith in God, called trust in his word, called believing without doubting. Do you get what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And that's just the introduction. One of the things we want to do is, uh, and highlight in scripture, and I'm learning in this season, preach, especially, and I, I got on the preachers last week, I'm going to get on to you, stop pulling out scriptures to give people points. Have a revelation. The catalyst of the church was the revelation it contained. Oh, whatever. I, I'm telling you, I'm giving y'all stuff, you know, I, we, got, we got new ministers that are giving some practical applications of living holy and righteous. And so praise God. Thank God I can go into other territories now. And and we just couldn't because I was constantly having to do, but thank God the Lord has raised up a team now of concrete ministers that can assist on my platform so that I can go in some other areas. Because we need I need to I was sent to the church. And some people need to know. My assignment is not for new believers. My assignment is for people who done been in it a long time and are not achieving what God has called them to be. He said, Show the house to the house. And show them the fashions thereof, the going in and out thereof. When the Lord gave me that revelation, Bishop Bristol was preaching in the 90s. In that, um, uh, Darrell Bristol, y'all know the full gospel Baptist church, first assistant. He's one of the greatest preachers ever known. Uh, uh, was the assistant to Paul S. Morton, and now he's the assistant to the new presiding bishop at that time. So, uh, years ago, uh, he had looked to a scripture in the Old Testament about showing the house to the house. And the Lord said, That's what I've anointed you to do. Uh, years ago, and um, he was one of the instruments. That's not the only instruction that God gave me, but it's one of the instructions that God gave me. And so one of the things, like I said, I'm still on my introductory point. The, the introductory is correct. The, the name of the series of Division One is Correct Me First. 
You get what I'm saying? Now, how are we going to do that? I'm going to spell it out. <laughs> but but we're, we're talking about correcting you first. And in order to do that, you have to comprehend the plan of God. The church was only established to be, uh, 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 the Bible says it's the pillar ground of truth. In other words, it's the reality where the revelation of the truth can be easily explain and proclaim. It's the gospel. That's why we cling to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says we're not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1, 16. For it is the power of God unto salvation to us who believe. Why? Because it gives us a basis of truth to establish our walk, to establish our witness, and to establish our worship. It is the good news of the gospel that God cancels out sin and carves us and creates us in righteousness. That if any man be in Christ, He's a new creature. All things are passed away, and all things have become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us with the blood of his cross. You all hear what I'm saying? Now, the problem is, is we're so busy trying to get a new gospel that we don't comprehend the plan of God because we don't know the gospel. The gospel was whatever you needed to be righted in your life, Jesus will provide. Do you hear what I'm saying? And if you don't have confidence in his ability to provide for you, to to, to passionately place in you a pursuit of righteousness, then you won't exemplify the standards necessary to be what God has ordained you to be. And God is tired of you being a baby. He's saying, grow up, grow up, grow up, get up and do what I've told you to do. Time is of essence. The time is at hand. And now it's high time for the sons of God to arise. Do you hear what I'm saying? And to do that, we have to have something. We have to comprehend the plan of God. We have to comprehend the plan of God. And what's taking place is we don't understand it. See, if you don't understand that his plan requires you to have a precious aspect of who people are to him, to reflect his value system in your regular everyday affairs, then you're going to miss out on the quality of life that he's providing you because he never intended for you to just gather at a meeting to just be interpreting tongues. Do you all hear what I'm saying? The upper room experience was not for them to stay in the upper room, but it was for them to come together in unity and then and then disperse themselves and see that see that the effect of the church is is widespread growth through lifestyle evangelism, through looking at listen, that one experience that Jesus promised caught, took them two days ten days to receive it. After forty days of him revealing himself. Um, to them after he raised from the dead, he said, don't do nothing until you receive the power that is on high. Oh, glory to God. Now, you got to go back to the Pentecost message to kind of build this this chapter of where we're going. The, the Pentecost was the birthday of the church. And until we appreciate who we are as the church, we'll never, comp- we'll never exemplify godly standards to the world. And the problem is we down the church to the point that preachers get up there and the majority of their message is to talk about, you know, how they hate religion. But the Bible says pure and undefiled religion is to take care of the needs of the people. So religion is supposed to be an institution that empowers you to be devoted spiritually to the things of God. And so the institution of the church has to be, has to be, re, has to be given that seat of authority and that seat of power in your life so you can exemplify. And you know why you can't exemplify? Because you don't love Jesus. You know why people have problems? They don't love right. Their love is not unconditional. Their love is not unfeigned and undefiled. 
Do you know what that means? Unpolluted. Their love life is wrong. The difference between somebody walking with the Lord and somewhat fellowshipping or, or being acquainted with the Lord is they love God. The, what we cannot describe to you, when even despite our mess-ups and our failures, you see, one thing that keeps highly devoted people to the things of God is their love for God. They love him. It's undescribable, uncontainable. You know the stars in the skies and you know them by name. You are amazing. Why? Because when I, when I think of what he's done for me, when, when he looked beyond my thoughts, the old saints would say, and saw my need and then and provided a way of escape, I cannot help but appreciate. I cannot help but associate. I cannot help but assimilate anything that is like God to be in love with God for my life because I love him with all my heart. I love him with all my soul. I love him with all my strength. That's all in the same place. Your heart, your soul, and your strength is the same source. It's this deeper cause of the same entity. And that's what we are not doing. We are not comprehending God's plan because we don't love God. And so what's happening is you got people trying to identify them that don't know them. And how can you love God whom you don't see if you can't love the ones that you do see? And so when we when we talk about ministry conflict, ministry is having the heart of God for people in your soul. You got to love people. You got to love who they are despite what they do and despite what they say because many times they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. And while you're, while you're building your pride, you're limiting your progress because the things that God purposely p- places as priority is locked in the hearts of other people, which God will connect you to so you can see how you can help serve this present age. And if you're not passionate about seeing people saved, if you're not uh, passionate about seeing people sanctified, and you're not passionate about seeing people satisfied, and you're not passionate about being socialized, then you're missing the point. I don't like people. I, you know, I'm, you know I, I'd rather be like, I hear a lot of females. I don't like to hang around a lot of females. I like to hang with males. What, what, what do you mean? When, when, when do you get the right to like stuff that Jesus hates? He says, show no partiality. There's no male nor female in him. Now, we don't like to talk about that. That's why I preach biblical equality. Can't look in the Bible and have divisive things going on in your head and, and expect God's effect to come in there. You don't comprehend the plan. And the plan is in his people. You are a peculiar people, a holy nation, a chosen generation, to show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into light. The catalyst, the catalyst of change is the church. But the way we the way we, we we are thrust into the world is as light. Let your light so shine, Matthew five sixteen, that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You will not be motivated to do the works until you understand God's plan. And so we're making an external everything but people, and that's why we we don't want to get along with nobody. We we want to be nasty in the name of Jesus. You can't be nasty in the name of Jesus. Jesus demands that you get it together. Do you hear what I'm saying? Comprehending this plan. Ephesians, I love this. In, in Colossians, we talked about this the other day, the work of faith. 
and, 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 and go to chapter 4 of Ephesians. It says, I therefore, prisoner of the Lord Jesus, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation, that's the ministry, wherein ye are called, with lowliness and meekness and with long-suffering, forbearing one another with in love, ever, ever endeavoring, that means maintaining, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, let me give you some notes. There are three things confronting demands within the individual before addressing offense with others. Number one, you got to accept the grace of life. See, when we talk about the uh, spirit, we are saved by faith through grace and gift of God. What is the grace of God? It's the effect of the Holy Spirit on our life that enables us to, to attain the life of God. It's the means by which we obtain God's goodness and his mercy. It's the Holy Spirit at work within in us, the Spirit. Jesus said, I'm sending the, the Holy Spirit as, as, as a stand-in to show you things to come, to reveal what you need to know, to testify of me. Do you get what I'm saying? So the Spirit of God gives us the ability to obtain the grace of God or grace for living. So we accept the grace of life because the Spirit is life to live as Christ. And to die as gain. Christ is not Jesus' last name, but it's the effect of the Holy Spirit on our lives that we are dependent upon to obtain God, the God quality of life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Thirdly, to ascribe to righteousness. Now, righteousness is a reality in this world that is totally dependent on the standards which God stipulates as right from wrong. And of course, you know, the Bible says you're in, in your flesh, your flesh is as filthy rags, your righteous, your old self-righteousness is as filthy rags. But when you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, as, as the one that helps you comprehend God's plan, in him was the life, and the life was the light of men. So that light, which God has said about in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, to comprehend the things of God, is going to come by way of righteousness. And righteousness comes as a result of us reflecting on our redemption and our right standing with God. What is our redemption? It's the plan for, that Jesus took to purchase uh, purchase the penalties that came, the, to, to clear the penalties that came as a result of embracing the life of sin. We were not created in sin. I know I know David said we were born in sin and shaven in iniquity. Yeah, he was. Did you look at his background? That's why he said what he said. But David is not outstanding. Jesus said. Jesus said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You accepting salvation changes your nature. We are we have the reality of a new creation. Do you hear what I'm saying? So you need to know who you are, what you have, and what you can do. Amen. And so ascribing to righteousness is, is, is really submitting to understanding God's plan to a deeper level than just this surface stuff. And that's what he's talking about, ever endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. See, what people want you to do, and I understand divinity is the diversity of God's effect on our lives as a people. We do have divinity. But divinity submits to the authority of God. The authority of God is in unity. The Bible says, you know, unity uh, commands blessing, even life forevermore. It says, of course, listen, verse 7 of chapter 4, I'm just in chapter 4 of Ephesians, and I want to get to chapter 5. 
It says, but every, um, but unto every one of us given us, every one of us is given what? Grace according to the measure of the what? The gift of who? Of Christ, which is the Holy Ghost. But wherefore he said, when he also ascended on high, he led captive his captives um, and gave what? Gifts to men or gifts. What's the gifts that he gave to men? Is it the, is it the, is it the, uh, what we call the fivefold ministry? Ain't nowhere to say that. Anyway, I'll take you out there. I know uh, he did give some apostles, prophets, and evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, and he told you what he gave them for. They were not the gifts that he was talking about. Well, anyway, praise him. <laughs> Come on, execute the text with some intelligence. If, if they were the gifts, then the gifts, then, then they would be what was needed to bring about the, the effect. But he placed people, he gave people distinctions in, in that they were not the gifts. It, well, anyway, praise God. I, I, I'm going to have to teach that another time. But I want you to understand, these are what verses 12 through 14 is what he gave them. He, he gave them forth. Perfecting of the saints, the work of ministry, and sign of the body. Does that look like gifts? I know some of y'all ain't heard no teaching like this because we we're so we're so into glorifying personalities and people that we place emphasis on things that are not suggested as the authority of the scripture. The the, the gift was the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In other words, it was us being able to come together and be something totally different than we were without the gifts being in or without the without the positions or the offices being in place. They, you, the gifts are the people of God working in unity. That's the gifts that God descended and he gave gifts to men. He didn't give the, the, uh, the positions in the church as the gifts. He gave them the soul so they could become what the gift would be. And that would be the unity of the spirit displayed. Don't glorify what the people are doing. Glorify the effect. The effect is unity. The effect is function. The effect is peace. Lord have mercy. And see, we've been teaching spiritual authority so wrong that people are so hooked on personality. When somebody say, yeah, 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 God going to get you a new house, you get excited like a fool. When somebody talking about, well, I can explain something they're teaching. Oh, I don't make you a teacher. What are you teaching? How is that edifying the body of Christ? How is that bringing them into the unity of the faith so they're not tossed and driven by every wind of doctrine? What are you teaching? We're, we're teaching the gift and we're teaching the demonstration of the Holy Spirit in effect in our lives incomplete, wrong. And we're making, we're making puppets. And we're placing the value on people displaying magic to one another. And it becomes divination and demonic, and God can't get his work done because we're so busy looking at other people that we're not seeing the qualities that really make us, us peculiar, that really makes us a people that are not shaken by the culture of this world. And that's what I mean by really uh, this, this, this point that I have in, in, in our lesson, that you got to adapt. You got to adapt to spirit problems or to the or to the reality of the spirit. That's the third one. Accept the grace of life, ascribe the righteousness, and adapt to the Holy Spirit's authority. See, this all is about the Holy Ghost. <laughs> this is another Christ form. Okay, well, 
It says, so we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of who? The fullness of Christ, not the fullness of our gifts. And so what you've had is a reversal. Instead of using these servant services uh, of these ministers to serve, minister, min, the word minister means to serve. It's a selfless act to serve. This is not a proper your energy contest. And we got too many people trying to be ministers and have these gifts as a means to control other people. Somebody said, correct me first. Correct me first. See, see, I have to learn what God is looking at versus what I'm looking at. God ain't trying to make you a superstar, honey. That's not his objective. He could care less. Are you doing what he called you to do? Do you love him with all your heart, soul, and strength? Lord have mercy. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. got to go. Don't have the time to do it. Let me tell you the three things that that um, that um, confronting confronting or Christianity demands you confront. One, how you live. Why? Because unity is you cannot ascribe to unity, or you can't achieve unity until you're selfless. So you got to learn how to live right. Do you hear what I'm saying? The objective of learning how to live is to achieve unity. And the reason why unity can't take place in the church is because we're not addressing how people live. See, that's, and that's when the whole of our career soul. I wish I could throw this in your mind so you could understand the authority behind what I'm saying, what I'm saying. Oh, God, because we got so much weak teaching out there, we don't know how to be the church. And, and, the, and one of the core things, oh, my goodness, that's beautiful. Um, one of the things that is um, interesting about the church, I want you to understand this. Jesus started the church. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I just want to hit your theology and just throw it up in the face and tell you to rethink again. But the, the, the prophetic declaration of the church was held uh, at the Last Supper or, or the, the Lord's table. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He brought mercy. Oh, my God. Okay, I, I got to calm down because I feel my preacher kudos. Communion. That's why the logo on confronting, correcting for ministry is that communion? The, the the place of communion was where the 72 and the 12 were with him. And he's, listen, Paul, when Paul goes to 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 to, to uh, exercise communion as a means to set up churches, whenever a church was established, the only ordinances that they had in the New Testament church was baptism, communion, and feet washing. Okay? And communion, all of these are three powerful entities. The, the feet wa- foot washing, wa- washing each other's feet was not only a sign of peace and authority. Lord, I don't got time to teach it like I want to teach it. That's the teacher in me that wants to give you all of this stuff. But then I'm just dealing with what it demands, how you live. And communion is supposed to shape how you live. It's supposed to be the conviction that reminds you what Christ did. It's a covenant. It's a new covenant established in his blood and his body. This, But but listen, communion, he said, listen, if somebody's hungry, let them eat at home. That's not what this meal is for. It is not about self-interest or self-fulfillment or self-gratification. It's about unity. It's a display of the spirit where everyone comes sacrificially in service and submitted to each other's heart. It's a display of the spirit. You cannot access the, the authority of the church in pride. You can't be about you as the church and comprehend God's plan. Oh, do y'all hear me, sons of God? 
My God, I feel like my kudos because I'm able to preach on another level. I'm talking about you comprehending God's plan for the church. He says, do we all come into the faith and knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and that we might not henceforth be no more children tossed and to and fro, carried about every wind of what doctrine in the sight of men were the cunning and crafts where they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in what? In love. I told you I to love God. So secondly, not only how you live, but how you love. And you learn to love unconditionally. You learn to live what? In unity, but you learn to love unconditionally. Do y'all hear my point? I'm teaching you. Say, correct me first. See, because see, if you don't live right, you won't love right. It's always the result of your love life. You want to check why somebody's living dysfunctionally? Check how much they love the Lord. Hmm. Oh, now I'm going to hit you with the third one. So I told you Christianity demands that you control these things because you can't confront nothing that you can't control. You know what I'm saying? And you trying to address other people with things that you're going through without you correcting you first. You don't live right. You don't love right. And the third one, you don't listen right. See, one of the things the Lord was telling me, I, I tell people all the time, but time will tell. Well, one thing the time has taught me is how to live, <laughs> how to love, but more importantly, how to listen. See, I like that the display and the distinct, the distinctiveness of being spiritually governed is being quiet in your soul. And you being so quiet that you can hear what the Spirit is saying to what? The, the reason why there are many offenses and offenses abound is because you just don't listen to each other. When you learn to listen, you'll, you'll begin to see the distinction between foolishness and function, between frustration and fear. I, I know these points seem simple, but when you think about it, listen, when, when I, I told you, keep saying to yourself while I'm preaching, correct me first. Correct me first. See, you won't always, see, a lot of times we want to go and deal with other people, and we don't want to deal with us. Paul said, I haven't preached to others. I might become a castaway. He said, I made, I made certain that I keep my body, beat my body under subjection. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. How to live, how to love, and how to listen. Because in listening, we get understanding. And all you're getting is get what? Understanding. In loving, we learn unconditionally. <laughs> Listen, when you learn how to love, you like you. Yeah. I done messed up too. And then when you learn how to live, you understand it is the blessing of, of, of or the effect of covenant being over us is our ability to work with one another and to do. And the only reason why we do that because we're doing what God told us to do. Correct me first. Correct me first. Correct me first. All right, now, um, told you three things, confronting demands, three things Christianity demands you confront first, uh, that you control. So confronting the core of it, the core of it is, is, is finding a standard, your core, your core principles of life, grace of life, righteousness, and spiritual prompting. You know what I'm saying? That's all. It is. Now, all of those are effects of the Holy Spirit, submitting to the Holy Spirit. You get what I'm saying? 
And then in that, you reflect on how you live, how you love, and how you listen. Because that's what you want to control in your soul. That's what you want to be saved, separated from God's use only. All right? Because there, there are attacks. And this is, these are the attacks, and that's where I've got to stop. Because not only must you comprehend the plan of God, you must commit to character, to reflecting his character at all times. And, 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 and that's the second point, and we'll get more into this next week. But let me tell you something. The Lord reminded me of a teaching I did years ago. It comes from the series, and I always like to give you the teachings there because it's on the, on the blog type site. You can go back and listen. But the name of the series, and this was about 10, 15 years ago. Now, the name of the series was actually called Saints and Surge, Connecting for Supernatural Impact. <laughs> well, I talked about unity. And um, in there, I gave you 1 Corinthians 4.20, Matthew 22. People of the kingdom of God is not in word but in power, 1 Corinthians 4.20. And that um, people err on not knowing the scriptures of the power of God, Matthew 22, 29. And then I gave Ephesians 6, 12. God has given us power over warfare because warfare is when our worlds are con- um, command us to, de- uh, to, de- to depend on the distinctions that we carry. Of course, it tells you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Ephesians 6, 12, by taking on his arm or his nature. But in there, I gave, I gave five things, and I want to give those five things which the world wants to do, and that's why I want to stop today, to try to keep you out of God's plan and to keep you from really correcting you first. And this is, this is why we got, to, we got to correct, we got to confront, and we got to communicate ministry conflicts a different way. This is one of the insights on this teaching. Correct me first is division one. The reason why, number one reason, why the world really is rising up today to try to get you to compromise and to do is because, one, they don't want you to spend time with your family. (laughs) Your faith I love, I, there's a teaching I'm, I'm working on, a book I'm working on, rather, called The Household of Faith. i never forget when I was going through the, um, right before the enemy attacked me with separation and divorce, the Lord had given me a focus on the family. Um, and he gave me a title called The Household of Faith. And he said, yeah, I know I'm talking about the body of Christ, but the body of Christ is not opposed to your family. And and a lot of times, the, anybody, and, and he gave me the scripture, of course, with the deacons and the bishops who were set to serve the church, nobody was appointed to any position that wasn't functioning well in their family. And so what one of the number one things that the devil does to, to try to, to to keep you stuck in the world is to, is to make you spend less time with your family. See, your family helps frame your world so you can function with other people, so that you can focus on what's important, so that you can find purpose and meaning of life, so you can learn what it means to fellowship, have fun, and have have a fortune. But it also is to teach you 
the the foundations of living. So that way, if you live or die, you're prepared. So what what does he do? Get you all at odds with your family so you never spend time. You never get that proper training. And when you find people are dysfunctional in the church, you often can find that they're dysfunctional in their family. Some family issues going on. Number two, yeah, social conformity. I'm going to hit you and run. I told you I'm going to finish this next week because I'm already late. Yep, 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 I, I got to roll. I got to roll. Social conformity, number three, sin acceptability, which means sin, you know, sin is acceptable. Number four is to separate you from the saints. So you got spend less time with your family, but also separate you from the saints, and then also strange family. Now, next week I'll pick up from there and go from there um, on our teaching. Amen. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do, because greater see that's within you. This has been LeVon Breland, founder of the Lord Campaign. Thank you for listening. God bless you. And have a wonderful Lord's Day. I'll be on later to teach this afternoon at Leadership Academy. Um, and then this evening we're going to have um, Minister Dent preach the word. All right. God bless you. Have a good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.